You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Have a whole of fun, but Holy Spirit, I thank you that the walls are broken down, that that's done all already. And this morning, we're going to experience you, we're going to to understand something more, we're going to find liberty and joy and freedom. Um, and so in my mind, I've got a whole lot of things that are, are going through mind, my mind, so I'm going to tweak and change. Ali, I said I'd use your ladies thing a bit later, but if you, would, you wouldn't mind just coming and sharing a little bit about what's happening next week, please. So, um... We have been invited to um, uh, do a ladies meeting next Saturday underneath the M1 highway um, for about 60 women who are pretty much all single moms or single women. Many of them have been raped and abused, abandoned when boyfriends find that you know they're pregnant. Uh, and so we have done food distribution there and gardens for life and what is really important i think is that france and mark and johan and others actually have a, a long-term relationship there you know we don't we're not just parachuting in doing a day and parachuting out you know so um i've been dealing with a lady called lucia and i actually have 57 names um kids that they've got and um sizes of clothing and we're going to go and just bless them for the morning so Nontu is going to be preaching in Zulu um which is go, amazing go, go. yeah another powerful woman <laughs> and um but men and women are going to be involved as well so that's great we're going to set up four little gazebos like here 50 or 60 chairs and we just want to bless the children and it's like people like France who've come and so so what I actually found so phenomenal was I had a Zoom meeting. I was like, if you want to be involved, come. I think there's like 14 people who wanted to get involved. And I'm so fine if you don't. You know, it's it's so great. And then I was like, okay, what do you want to do? Someone wants to bake, someone wants to do the gift pack, someone wants to look after the kids. Francie, you're amazing. Someone wants to set up, someone wants to preach, someone wants to pray and minister. And and I, I'm like only going to do what people wanted to do. And now suddenly we have an item of clothing for each lady when they arrive. Someone to register and sign them in. Um, someone to set up and set down. Uh, someone to do worship with their JBL speaker. I'm still looking for someone where maybe with a guitar uh, who do live worship. If we don't have that, that's also fine. And uh, a preacher. And we're actually just going to minister to um, these ladies and just love on them actually. Um, mm. You know, if you if you think your life is tough, you just have to go there. And what it does is I don't leave there feeling desperate. I feel, leave there feeling really, really grateful for everything that I have. And really um, amazing that I'm able to actually bring something to someone else. And they'll get a, a gift and a snack, an amazing gift bag that they're going to leave with. I mean, someone's brought umbrellas. Someone felt to make every woman a pair of earrings and, and some soap. And it's... Uh, 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 baking and it's just like amazing how it's all come together and I just really really realize the body of Christ only works when all the parts are functioning you know mm -hmm. so you know we're all so busy and it's like if we can eat the elephant one bite at a time and everyone take a little part it just it actually just works so well well let's let's hope it works well so if anyone wants to join later or or um, wants to contribute great if you don't really we actually have enough people and we're definitely going to do this again so um, I just want to say thanks very much I really I'm super super busy at the moment and just the um, people have donated got together people at work and everyone's just done a little bit and it feels really easy for me maybe it doesn't feel easy for all of you but for me it's felt like a really easy thing because everyone's doing a little part so bless you all we're super super excited what i would really ask is we really do need prayer cover you know unless unless the holy spirit arrives how do you undo such incredible trauma of 
losing a child maybe they've lost parents to, to COVID. maybe they're far away from their families maybe they never grew up with a father maybe they've been abused or raped unless the holy spirit arrives and supernaturally uses us as a conduit to to bring his love it's all pointless it's just everyone will go home with an umbrella and a pair of earrings and a snack and that, that is part of the love gift but but jesus christ is the person that we bring to, to meet them and I, I I just really need him to pitch up as he does he's so faithful like that and to minister and bring healing to incredibly broken hearts you know in what the enemy has spent years building up that in a, in a minutes and a couple of hours the, the Holy Spirit will bring I'm super excited a bit nervous and daunted and um, yeah just bless you all really humbled to to be doing this <clears throat> Beautiful. That I want to encourage you. Yeah, Addie will meet with the the team um, afterwards. Do, 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 do. A couple of quick things then. Um, <sighs> Holy Spirit, may you will be done. Joan, don't you want to come? Sorry, you were, you were in a moment, then I interrupted. Won't you come and just share what um, you remembered William Bruce sharing? William Bruce? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just reading, preparing for the day this morning and uh, I read something that really spoke to me. Um, William Booth, who founded the Sally Army. Uh, he, he was asked what he felt the future held and he said that he feared that without uh, religion, without the Holy Spirit and Christianity without Christ was in the future and uh, that's what he feared most and I just thought wow there's so many dead churches around and uh, praise God we're not one of them. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so part of part of my wrestle at the moment is we've gone through two of the most tumultuous years of turmoil. <laughs> years of turmoil. Um, and, you know, I've just been challenged that in a way there's been a deconstruction of church. We haven't done things... God's changed things, the communities have changed, everything's changed. And somehow, and I shared this a couple of weeks ago, we have this desire to quickly go back to how things were. We can't wait to be able to meet in buildings. We can't wait to go back to the formula. We can't wait to go back to you. And so many people say to me, when do you think we're going to go back to, to the way things were? And deep down, I'm going, oh Lord, let us never go back to the way things were. And then if we're not going to go back the way things were, then what on earth are we doing? What are the new things? What are things going to look like in the, in, in the days to, to come? And we, we, we talk about uh, come and break down the walls. And we, we've seen that and we declare that. Holy Spirit, won't you come and break down the walls? But I want you to propose that God has already broken down the walls. It's just that sometimes we don't see that the walls have been broken down. Sometimes our hurts, our frustrations, our disappointments with church, our frustration with leaderships, when, when pastors and churches have, have abused us or, or hurt us or disappointed us, where we've seen things that haven't been right or experienced things that haven't been good or godly. And I'm not putting all the blame on churches because there's so many great churches. Sometimes it's just us and, and we're not willing to, to, to go the extra mile or to get involved or to do things. And, and people prophesy God's going to do the most amazing things over your life and then you get miffed and frustrated when God doesn't because the second part of the prophecy is when you turn around and stop doing what you're doing or, or get your life out of the muck and go and, and love Jesus. You know, God says, go and be an engineer, but you don't get the maths mark because you, you know, and so sometimes we get frustrated because the prophetic words aren't fulfilled, but the reality is that the responsibility that we carry hasn't happened either. 
the Brian said in the prayer meeting this morning that we are a, a, a pilgrim people and we definitely are a pilgrim people. Our faith, everything is about going from one degree of glory to another. Our, our families, our finances, our worship, our prayer life, our prophecy should surely be growing in the most amazing ways. There are too many people around the city, too many people around the world that need an authentic prophetic word to get out of the rut that they're in. And I'm wanting to say to the prophetic voices around us, won't you rise up and give a prophetic <laughs> a prophetic chorus you know so that people go what on earth is God doing now and I do understand there have been prophetic voices that have not got it right but we pray for people who haven't got healed and we still go back and pray for people to get healed because we know what God has called us to you know, I shared a couple of months ago now on the two Johns, on the pioneering and the pastoral John. We have to have a pastoral spirit, but we have to be a people who go and break new ground and go and do things for new people. We can't expect people to, to love and know Jesus if we don't introduce them to Jesus. And I think in the next season, we were challenged on, during the course of the week where somebody was said, if, if we don't have young people in the church, when earth is the church going to be in the years to come? And the reality is, if we don't have, if we don't have, um, if we're not introduced, Juicing people to Jesus. Where's our city going to be in time to come? So we've got, as a church, as a community, as a group of friends, we've got to challenge one another to rise up and be more and all that God has called us to do. Why? Because there is a city and there's a community and there's a school and there's a family and there's a sister-in-law and there is a nephew and there is a cousin and there is a boss and there is a secretary and there's a group of people under the M1 bridge, for example. And Mark and I had the opportunity to gain spend time in an orphanage yesterday and I might be able to allude to that a bit late, later on but whatever our circumstances Amy said we have to not look to the left or look to the right but to look to Jesus and Jesus what is it that you're doing when Annie and I got married Rory Dye used the illustration that we mustn't drive looking out the rearview mirror of things that have happened in the past but look out the windscreen of where God is taking us and things of the future and I think too many believers are looking out of the winds of the rearview mirror and going that's what it used to look like that's what things were that's what it was instead of saying actually that's what it was but what I want is not what was I want what is still and yet to come because I want the more, I want the fresh, I want the good man, I want to follow the cloud, I want to follow the fire. I want more of something that is radical and new and relevant and authentic. And I'm still in my introduction and I'm going to be in trouble by the time I finish this morning. Whatever your circumstances, come to me all you who are weary. And I want to say, actually, maybe it's not just coming. To, you know, we can come to Jesus because we know him. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you what you need. My burden is easier. So we become frustrated, we become disillusioned. As I said at the beginning of this morning, I would suggest that most people in this community, most people in the churches, most people sit in pews on a Sunday morning, have issues of frustration and overwhelmment and annoyance in their lives. And we get caught in a rut. And the, real, and the other thing is we get frustrated with God, we get frustrated with church, we get frustrated with being caught in a rut. Instead of saying, how do I get out of this rut so that I can make my life count? Because when your life counts, you'll suddenly find a tremendous sense of self-worth, of gratitude, of appreciation, of being able to see the bigger picture. But there are people out there who are burdened, who are in turmoil, who are experiencing an overwhelming sense of destruction and hurt. And you and I are the answers to what they need. Only if we are the carriers of Jesus. We can't go into these communities and give a hope parcel. We can't go into those communities and give a, a prayer. We go into the community and the present allows us to be able to break into a relational opportunity and say, this is a representation. This is what people who love Jesus is. This is just a small token of my love for you. Imagine how much more Jesus who created you and wants the best for you and what he's able to, to give you. And there's just so much more I need to, to carry on with. And so this morning I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to exhort us and challenge us. And I think 
sometimes our reluctance and our nervousness is as soon as we start to say we want church to be different, then it's a case, okay, let's can church and do something else. I'm not saying can church and do something else. I'm saying let's make church radical. Let's make church attractive. Let's make church real. Let's make church authentic. Let's make church the place where people come to have an encounter with God and find healing and breakthrough and restoration and hope and joy and overcoming. And this morning, I've entitled my message, the, 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 the Currency of Clarity. And why? Because the value of clarity gives us the capacity to love. If we are clear with what God has called us to do, if we have clear vision, if we have clear mandate, if we have clear mission of what God has called us to, we can go and love people, and we can love people, and we can demonstrate kingdom on earth if we do it under a sense of actually I know who I am, I'm clear on who I am, that these walls around me have and are being broken down, it's just my job to be able to walk through them and to go and show and demonstrate the love that God has called us to go and introduce people to Him that they get their breakthrough to. And then sometime in the next year or two, I'm going to carry on, and my next message will be when the cry comes. The difference between people encountering God and God encountering people. There's a huge change of when people encounter God and when God encounters people. Sometimes we think, I just want you to have a God encounter. But for people just to have a God encounter isn't good enough. They mustn't see a God thing happening. They must experience a God encounter for themselves. Is not just about showing and telling. It's not just about a demonstration. It's a demonstration to be able to shape, show people that not only does God want to encounter you, but He wants you to encounter Him. And then I'll move on to a victory beyond circumstances. A charge the church to endure the hardships and the frustration and the persecution and the annoyance and the anxiety and the worry and the, the hard work it is. It's hard work just being a husband. It's hard work just being a dad. It's hard work just being a pastor. Sometimes it's just hard work managing a property. It's hard work just trying to get a, a driver's license. And you put them all together and no wonder we feel overwhelmed and everything. Because we've got to do all these things. But it's a charge of the church to endure the hardships by placing their hope in Jesus and doing the things that He's called them to no matter what our situation and circumstances. My life gets frustrating. Every time I drive through a rope, if I see, I've got to be careful what I say online, hey. If I see a roadblock down our road, and every day there's a roadblock on our road, and I go through the roadblock on our road almost every day, and I know I'm going to go through a roadblock, I know that I'm going to be pulled over 50% of the time, and I know that I don't have a driver's license, and I know that I don't have an ID, and I know that, the, so already the anxiety and the fear and the frustration rises up within me. And then I get stopped. And sometimes it's the same people because I've just been to the shops and I'm coming back through the same roadblock. And I go through, here's my UK driver's license or here's an affidavit to explain why I don't have a South African driver's license because I was robbed. And, you, and, so, and, and just getting to the shops now becomes an, an, an anxious thing because I know that I'm going to end up being, being frustrated. Oh Lord, won't you help me be able to understand the bigger picture? Help me to be able to overcome my frustrations, even if they may be legitimate, so that I can excel and not let overwhelmment and anxiousness and frustration and annoyance consume me. And so I'm going to talk on the, the currency of clarity. And I've chosen the word currency with, with intentionality you know we, we, we can have clarity we can have big mild medium small depends on your level of faith or whatever but what's the value what's the currency of of, of, of clarity I'm going to come to what clarity means later and for me part of it is saying you know we can say well I've got clarity and I'm paying in zim dollars or US dollars or rand or, or what's the what's the value what's the currency I have a little bit I want a little bit more but I want you to say this morning that the currency of heaven and what God gives us is the currency that trumps all currency and trumps all understanding I'm going to share a little bit about from the from, from the, the story of Nehemiah 
I'm doing this because I believe that God is leading our church, that God is leading His church, that God is leading the church into a season of renewed clarity. What is it that God has called His church to? What does the future church look like through the eyes of God? And what does it mean for those people who aren't involved with church yet? I believe that God is giving us a type of clarity that leads to creativity, not to conformity. That the clarity that God is giving us isn't so that we can go back and do the things that we used to do. But God, we're going to have a creativity. We're going to excel. We're going to enjoy. No matter what it looks like, we're going to have fun in doing it. Because you and what you've called us to is to live life and life to the full. Won't you give us a creativity in how we do things? And friends, even this morning, my, my, my overall things, how do we do this as a community? How do we do this as a, as a church? How do we make sure that there is Christ in church? How do we not just become Christians, and I shared on that a couple of weeks ago, but followers of Jesus, rather than being Christians and staying in the church of the past, but rather saying, actually, I want to be a follower of Jesus and go to where Jesus goes and where Jesus is taking us. And the creativity about being able to say, well, let's go and do an awesome love feast under the M1 bridge and go and celebrate all these most amazing women. How can we be creative in that? In that, there will be a, a, a rising up of compassion. And as we prepare the gift baskets, and as we bake, and as we do the sound, and do things together, we start to develop a compassion for the people of that community. And not just the ladies that we're going to go and minister to, but all the men and the children that we've been going through to that area for weeks and weeks and months and months and years to be able to love that. And there will be a sense of compassion that comes out of that creativity, and then that will lead us to courage. And courage says, my friend, yes, I can go do this. I'm stepping out of my comfort zones. I've never done this before. And if you ain't like Stuart, like I don't like it. To be honest, I don't like outreach. I don't like going into these, these communities. You know, I don't like when France used to take me to go and like minister to the drug addicts and the prostitutes of the Hillbrow. And then we end up literally lying down on the street on cardboard boxes to be able to pray for them and to be able to encourage them. I, 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 it, it's not my DNA. But it's not my human DNA, but it is the DNA of what God has put in me. So Sundays, I just need to rise up and say, okay, that, that might not be my liking, but it is my kingdom DNA where I go to all people to minister to them, regardless of my preference for hygiene. Now, the one of the things I love about this, this, this season is everybody's got clean hands. You know, it really, it really ministers to me. And the reality is it gives us the sense of courage. And then it gives us a sense of clout. And clout is when we become effective and we be able to change and transform our communities. We were chatting yesterday about how, why do we do vegetable gardens? Why do we do things? It's to be able to transform the communities that we're in. It's to be able to have the clout and the, the, the reputation and the respect when we go into the communities and we go back again and again and again and again. And then they start to understand, guys, you are here for the long haul. You're here in the good times and you're here in the bad times and you're here in the frustrating times. And that gives us a sense of, of where, um, uh, of, of clout and be able to, to go in. God puts his hand on Nehemiah. God puts his hand on a group of people and they become the answer to their community and to their nation. They become the rebuilders. They become the renewers of their city. And I think some of our physical walls have been demolished. We've had an entire house next door to us, or two houses down. An entire house that has been stolen over the past two years. Literally, first the gates went, then the electric fence went, then the thatch went, then the plumbing went, then the baths went, then the roof went. Now the, the entire house is gone and now there's about 50 meters left of the boundary wall. And I don't understand how a house can be stolen brick by brick, but it has just over here. And I think in our city there are situations where literally the walls have been broken down through bad maintenance and all sorts of things. But more important than that, the spiritual walls that have been broken down of love, of hope, of acceptance of gratitude, of kingdom, and they need to be rebuilt. 
Some walls need to be broken down, but others need to be built up. And friends, the charge and the challenge that we have been given, like Nehemiah and his community, is I want you to go and build up the kingdom of heaven. I want you to go and restore hope. I want you to go and restore love. I want you to go and restore dignity. I want you to go and restore identity. I want you to go and restore so that all the women in our city realize that there's something beautiful about being powerful and gorgeous women in our city. Nehemiah 1 verse 2 to 4. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They are, great, sorry, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. And for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah asked his brother how things are doing in Jerusalem. And friends, sometimes we don't want to ask those questions because we're scared of the answers. Sometimes I don't even want to ask you how your life is in case I get, you know, I, I don't know how to help you, you afterwards. You know, sometimes I go into, into communities of things and I go, you know, I, I, I don't know how to ask you. And then I hang around with people like Mark who just like go in, you know. And so we had the privilege of going into an orphanage, St. Mary's in downtown Johannesburg in Rosettaville yesterday. And we went and delivered a couple of tons of oranges and nachos and potatoes and cheese and maize and flour and eggs and, and everything for this community. And they had been praying the day before for potatoes for their kitchen. It's a very un underfunded um, community and everybody in there has been taken away from their families by, by orders of the court. And so they are in a hopeless situation and they've been praying for, for potatoes. And Mark and I have the privilege yesterday on behalf of this community of driving in there with a truck full to the brim with so much sweet potatoes and lollipops and, and everything. And be able to go in and, and do this and then I'm, I'm happy to go in and drop everything off and then I'm happy to go and Mark is like tell me about your story how are you doing what's happening how many children are here who are the children what are their names why are they here can we go and walk in their in the dormitories can we go walk in their bedrooms can we see how we can help and there's a gentleman that was was helping us and Marcus you know Tell me about your story. And he just started to unlock some of his story. He had given up corporate work about six years ago because there was a community in need. So he gave up corporate work and salary and everything to go and, and help a community in need. For the past 15 years, his wife has been in a vegetative state through sickness. But every evening, he would go home and feed her and bath her at the end of spending the, the whole day with these awful with these orphans. They, they, they're orphans in the sense that they're ward of the court. And then he would finish work and then go home and look after his wife. And a couple of years ago, he had to put her into a home and he would still never miss an evening. It was his job to feed her, to clean her, to bath her, to dress her, to put her into bed. And two weeks ago, she passed away. And the amazing thing is that I could have gone there with an agenda to distribute food, put up a... a or whatever it looks good but there are others an important thing is when we go in and we get to know people's stories and we were able to pray for this man and there were tears and more tears and then Mark's tears and then other tears and the reality is kingdom comes when we ask people how are you doing how are you really doing and we are happy and willing to hear the answers to that I put out a charge to us as a community a couple of weeks ago, months ago, Lionel often reminds me, we don't just go, you know, how are you doing? Fine. Good. Do you want a coffee? It's like, tell me your story. What's, what's been your high and your low of the week? And his brothers replied that things aren't going well. 
The, 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 the things have been burned down and torn down, destroyed, and our people are in trouble. And when Nehemiah hears what happens, there's a sense of compassion that overcomes him. And it brings him to tears. It brings him to pray. It brings him to worship. Friends, the reason why we get together and pray, the reason why we get together and worship, isn't because Jeff needs something to do with, with his guitar. Babe, you ask for someone with a guitar for, for next week. I see a guitar, and I have a guitar. I am there. You know, next time, be a little bit more specific with, 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 with what you want. But, but the reason why we come together, the reason why we pray, the reason why we worship is not just because it's a fun thing to do. It's actually good for us. When we come into unity, I was just going through all the things that came in the prayer meeting this morning. I go, wow, they just all align exactly with what we're sharing and doing. And if we can take all the things that came out of the prayer meeting this morning and say, I want to take some personal responsibility for that. And let my personal responsibility and growth and maturity be a blessing to this community. This community will be able to be a better blessing to the community. For me, this is half time. This is where we come and have the proverbial juice and, 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 and oranges for half time. What the importance of kingdom, I'm never going to get to page four. The importance of kingdom is what happens out there. This here, what we do on a Sunday morning isn't for the lost. This is for you and I. So that we strong, we, we honed in, we get refocused, we get recalibrated, we, we, we pray for one another, we hear one, one another, we can hear what God says. And then you and I can go out and be all things. Because what happens on a Sunday morning is just two hours on a Sunday morning. What happens in your life and for everybody out there is hundreds of hours of what God can, can do. So there's an importance of being able to pray and to worship. It calibrates us. It says to us, Holy Spirit, won't you come? In your, as we worship you, you remind us of who we are, of the things you've called us to do. You, 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 we, we, when, when I worship you, when I take my eyes off self, when I take my eyes off my children, when I take my eyes off my finances, when I take my eyes off my frustrations, when I take my eyes off the ding in my car, or that Alison drove into a tree yesterday, and the tree's fine, but, you know, and I, was I not supposed to say that in public? You know, so, so, they, they, when, I, when, I, when I take my eyes off all those things, and I focus it on you, I go, oh, wow, yes, Jesus, I love you, and you love me, and together we can do the most important things. And when Nehemiah recognizes what was happening around him, he was able to do something from what God was doing in him. Friends, let's position and posture ourselves so we can see what's happening around us and say, Father, I see what's happening around us. But what are, and again, this is where we need to change some of our terminology. We can't say, God, what are you going to do in me to be able to, it's like, God, what am I willing to allow you to do in me? God, what am I going to change in me so that my finances, my, my, my children, my dreams, my vision, my pension, my inheritance, everything changes? You know, I am so desperate to travel. I am so desperate to go overseas. I can't, as soon as, the, uh, as, soon as you're off the red list, I will be on the next plane. Mom, I'm coming to visit. You know, I'll be on the next plane. So I've got to do my part. I've got to make sure my passport's sorted. I've got to make sure my, I'm double vaxxed if I'm going to the UK. So I've got my part to do. And everything that God calls us to do, we have got our part to do. It's the taking the personal responsibility, which is that Candace shared a couple of years ago. And he's moved to prayer and to worship. He presences himself in the presence of God. And sometimes friends, like I was saying about um, Emil being unwell this morning, what our responsibility is to, Emil, when you can't raise up your hands to worship and to, and, and to intercede on your behalf, as a community of friends, we do that together. And we can only do that together because he's honest and vulnerable and says, I'm as sick as a dog. You know, I can't get there. If I can, I would be there. Well, actually, he said, I will come out to Satan. Actually, don't you, you know, in the nicest way, don't you dare come. Look after Saul. Stay at home. Get better. And that's what family's for. When we can say, actually, I'm battling. I'm battling this week. I'm battling at the moment. Won't you help me where I can't help myself? We need a God of clarity in the age of confusion where we know what God has said 
and then we know what God is doing and then we can get behind what God is doing. Too often we want to know, Lord, what is my assignment? What have you called me to do? Where's my breakthrough? Where's my something? Where we start off by saying, actually, God, there's just so much confusion around here. How can I make a decision and follow through a decision in a realm of chaos and confusion? How can I contend for things when I have no idea what I'm contending for? And so coming together to pray and to worship, to support one another, say, God, won't you bring me clarity? And clarity isn't saying that is where I'm going. Clarity is just getting rid of the muck and the confusion so that I can hear God. And when I hear God and I can see what God is doing and I can get behind what God is doing, only then do I know what my assignment is. It's pointing to saying, God, what is it you called me to do when I feel like I'm drowning in a storm of chaos and confusion. And there are too many people that are drowning in a state of chaos and confusion. And the thing to do is to not say, okay, let me give you the master plan. This thing is to say, let me give you clarity on what is happening in the situation. And then we have creativity and, com uh, and compassion. The church is meant to be, the church should be the most creative place on the face of the planet. The church should be the most compassionate place on the face of the planet. But how many Sunday mornings are creative? The most creative thing about what we do at the moment is the quality and the quantity of delicious food that is on the table afterwards. Long may it continue. And for those of you who are a little bit more healthy than, than I, let's add some grapes and cucumbers and um, we can just get some celery from the garden. But long may the sausage rolls and, and samosas continue in, in Jesus' name. But friends, we should, we, you know, like I was saying to somebody during the course of the weekend when I've been training in Durban this past week, that the, 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 what, what should happen, we should, we need to get one of those little machines that you have in, in some of like butchers or, 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 or Capitec Bank. That, that, that we have a machine at the car park and when you come down you select prophecy teaching worship you know and you okay you, uh, you, you 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 come with a prophetic word for the morning so you press prophecy and then you take your number oh drat i'm number 52 in line for, to give a prophetic word this morning because you are so overflowing with testimonies and things that have happened during the course of the week you know my, my greatest desire is i never get to preach again actually no i i i i i i Take that totally back. But there should be so much things that are happening that there's no time for me because you guys are just doing it all. That's what church should be like, where it's just a, a banter of testimonies and of prayer and of breakthrough and of, of different things that are, are happening. But friends, it starts off with clarity. What is God doing? What is God doing in real life? What is God doing in Johannesburg? What is God doing in our city? What does real life look like? If we're going to look different, to see things differently, to be a church and a community that are different, to be able to be creative and compassionate. The greatest joy for me is that most of our money is spent outside of real life. Most of our, um, our community time is outside of a Sunday morning. Most of what we do does not happen on a Sunday morning. And I go, oh Lord, I just love this community and this church where most of our finances, our time, our community, our connections, our gatherings are to do with compassion and not to do with so-called church. That just gives me great delight. How do we do that better without losing the, 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 the need that we actually need to get together to be able to dream, to be able to support and to be able to love one another? In worship, we start to hear what God is doing. We, we start to build and know how to renew when we have unity in worship, unity in compassion, unity where we're not fighting in different directions. We have, and friends, we're not going to get this all together and we're not going to get it right now. But what I'm wanting to say is as we go through this time, let's just make the decision that we're not going to look through the rearview mirror. Let's not hanker after where God was in 2019. Let's not hanker after where God was in the time of Todd White and Toronto Blessing. You know, the first, I think my frustration is I missed that so much that I want it back. Instead of saying, God, I've had that. 
what is the new thing? I've laughed on the, on the floor. I've gone through glass windows. I've done all of those things. God, I haven't seen um, dead people raised yet. That's what I'm after. God, I haven't seen the teenagers levitate yet. That's what I'm after. God, if it's your will, I want Alexander to run across our swimming pool and walk on water. I haven't seen that yet. But because we get disappointed because we haven't seen the breakthrough and all of those things, it's so easy to long after things of the past. And then say, actually, God, let's go. I was going to say something that you're not allowed to say on Sunday. Go big or go home. Yeah, that's a better way of saying it. Let's go big or go home, you know. And Father God, I want to go big in you. Nehemiah 2 verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out at night, going to take a Ricky, Brian, the pioneering, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. That's where we need people to say, actually, God, I want to take a few friends with me. I want to sneak out. I want to go undercover. I want to go be a recce. I want to go be that pioneering person. I want to go into the promised land. I want to be the Caleb and the Joshua. I want to go in there and go and see and bring back a report. Oh Lord, imagine what we can do in M1 on Saturday morning. So when Alison says, and I understand Alison's heart, that no pressure, you don't have to come. Honestly, you don't have to come. If you want to miss out, don't come. If you don't want to be part of science wonders and miracles, don't come. I'm saying this a little bit tongue-in-cheek because we can't all go and it's not all of our things. But I'm just saying you must do something. It doesn't have to be on Saturday morning at M1. It can be at St. Mary's. It can be at, um, at Gardens for Life. It can be at Alexandra. It can be with Sosa. It can be with something. But if you're not positioning yourself for science wonders, miracles, breakthrough, anointing, raising the dead, then you will become frustrated because you're living on manna that is rotten and gone. Rather than saying, actually, God, I want to chase after something that is new. And as Nehemiah walks around the ruins and the destructions, he gets a plan and he gets a vision. Friends, we need to walk around in the community to see what it is that God wants us to do in the community. We can't be this holy huddle who have a charismatic, so-called charismatic meeting on a Sunday morning and think we know how to solve those things. I love the fact that I have a group of friends and we go to Hooters once a month if we can and if my wife allows me. Why? Because I go into an area where people need Jesus. I have more conversations with unsaved people in Hooters than I do that than I think most other pastors have. We we go to Hooters and most of the people that we go to Hooters with are unsaved and don't go to church. And now no matter what happens, they ask us to say grace before we have our, our wings and a burger. And uh, wings and a burger, wings and a beer. And the amazing thing is we have a reputation in Hooters. Not because we go in and drink lemon juice and whatnot. We go in and we are the joyful party. We are the happy people. We are the biggest tippers. We are the people that go and encourage. The waitresses can't wait for us to go back except for one night when our food was just so late. But they gave us extra food to, to take home. But friends, we need to be creative. And I'm going to wrap up to close. And uh, how, long is, how long have I been talking for? We need to be creative. And worship and prayer is where God stirs us. And I'm longing for more chaos and confusion on a Sunday because people have no idea where the loos are, what happens or what not, because there's just more people that are arriving. But I recognize that for most of us, we need personal breakthrough in our marriages. I'm saying this, I'm not saying this because I've got the inside scoop on what's happening in John and Anne's life. <laughs> I'm just saying that for, for, for me, I need breakthrough in my marriage. 
I need creativity in my marriage. I need, Lord, I need wisdom with my teenagers. Somebody asked me this year, this week, um, what do you think of yourself? And it was quite a hard question to answer. Because I was thinking, actually, I wish you'd asked me that six months ago. <laughs> six months ago, I would have said, actually, I'm a fairly good guy. I think I've got most of my stuff together. I'm busy working on the areas that I can't. But unfortunately, he asked me this this week. And I said, actually, if I'm really honest, I don't think I'm a particularly good dad. I think my children need someone far better than I am. I don't think I'm a particularly great husband. I think that I am too busy and sometimes too busy doing the wrong things for the right reasons. I don't think I'm a particularly good friend. I'm not doing well. I'm running all over the show. I'm trying to be all things to all men that some will be happy. I don't think I'm a particularly great pastor. There are people that I want to spend time with that I just haven't spent time with. I've been trying to, to like put a date in the diary to have the Goebbels over for, uh, Goebbels over for, for dinner and to be able to, to connect. Oh, look there. There's been, um, there's just too much happening. I go, oh Lord, why me? But the reality is I'm saying at least I'm authentic. At least I'm real. But the main thing is I'm saying, oh, Holy Spirit, won't you do something in me? And won't you do something in every single other person here so that we can all be stronger and better and go and do kingdom together? I'm trusting for a breath. If somebody in the prayer meeting this morning said, may we leave here better or different to how we arrived. So I'm going to ask you to stand, please. Um, is Ash here? So much to say, so little time. At least you've got Holy Spirit. Won't you? Levitate? I'm putting out my hands just to stop me fidgeting. Also just a posture of receiving. Holy Spirit, won't you help me and help us change some of our terminology? Allow our terminology and our declarations to line up more regularly with the truth of who we are and our identity. Holy Spirit, won't you help me to not use phrases like, won't you come and break down the walls, rather than rejoicing for the walls that have been broken down and allow me to walk into the victories that you've already given me. Holy Spirit, won't you allow me to cultivate a greater sense of gratitude for all the blessings and the favor that I have. That I am tremendously grateful for my wife, for my children, for my friends, for my church, for my community. But Lord, I just want to do better. Holy Spirit, this morning, my greatest desire is that you will come and meet each and every one of us in a tangible and a real space so that we can be more of what you want for us. So that we can go and change and transform our city, our nation. Father, I... I believe that anyone called to real life church, anyone called to this community, comes because we as a community will be better for them and they will also be better for us.
that we will make each other grow and mature. But Lord, you've placed this group of friends, because we're like friends, into this city at this time, so that our city is better off because of us. And Lord, I want my community and my city to be better off because we are here. I don't want it just to be a, a, a roster or a routine or a student program or a love bomb or a love group or something like that. I want it to be that lives are transformed, that communities are changed. Holy Spirit, won't you come and work in me? Won't you come and work in me? Some courageous thing over convenience. But Lord, I want to choose more. I want to be more courageous. Lord, I want your Holy Spirit. I know that I've got it. But Lord, I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Not to notch up in my belt because of evidence that I'm growing and maturing in you. I thank you for all those that are here this morning, all those that are online, all those that are unwell, I declare and say you be healed in Jesus' name. All those who are anxious, I say you're, that anxiousness be gone in Jesus' name. All those who feel overwhelmed, I ask Holy Spirit that you allow those people to put time in their diary to spend in your presence that you can bring clarity. Lord, help us not just to say may anxiousness be gone, but the root cause of that anxiousness be manifest. Let us not just say finances be sorted, but give us clarity on how to sort out our finances in the kingdom way. Not just for our spouses to come right, but for us to work on the things that you have put in our marriage so that our marriages will represent kingdom. Jesus, above all, I thank you that you love me. And I want to enjoy the adventure of a lifetime that you are taking me on. I want my life to be long and I want my life to be full. And I want my life to count. And I thank you that I am a good friend. I am a good pastor, I am a good dad, I am a good husband, I am just growing in these areas, in your beautiful name, and all the saints said, Amen and Glory. Thank you friends, uh, I hope I did some justice, I kind of got to page four and went on a rabbit warren, rabbit thing, but really good to have you. Um, a quick thing, for those of you who are able to help with loading the sound stuff, but we'll do this after coffee, don't roll any cables unless you've had cable rolling experience and training. I will teach you how to roll a cable, but you can help with anything else except for rolling cables because they will be knocked next week unless you've been shown how to roll a cable. Love you. May this week rock! In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening. 